0: Hey, Filled With Messages listeners, how are you doing today? I hope you're doing all right. I know the world has been filled with a lot of disappointment the last couple of days, the last week or two, I guess now. Maybe you're disappointed because a trip you are supposed to be going on got canceled or an event you're looking really forward to is postponed or maybe you're disappointed by something more serious. I know a couple of people whose weddings have even been postponed due to all of this coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff. Life has a lot of disappointment, and sometimes we can get sort of bitter and overwhelmed and exhausted by all of those disappointments. But God is constantly at work in our lives unraveling that disappointment and bringing us to new places of joy and surprise. So listen in to be reminded again of how God is always at work bringing light into our darkness. My grandmother is 93 and a half years old. She is full of sass and spunk. She'll talk your ear off about any current topic. Okay, she might not know what dabbing or The Bachelor are, but otherwise she's fluent. She still completes the New York Times crossword each morning, although now she downloads it rather than finding it in the paper. Her kids took her car keys away a few years ago, and we all let out a decades long sigh of relief. But she still visits with friends, goes to the theater, stops at the library. Just now she uses the local jitney to do all that. My grandmother has led an incredible life. She was one of the first female social workers in impoverished areas around New York City. She was a change agent, mostly through her work leading the League of Women Voters at the state level. She has traveled the world along the way, learning from chefs and becoming the best home cook I know. But even though she is still full of energy and enthusiasm and life, I cannot imagine my 93-year-old grandmother announcing tomorrow that she is pregnant. Not only would it be impossible, it would be laughable, a great and completely ridiculous joke. Yet in today's scripture passage, we hear the story of a woman who was admittedly a little younger than my grandmother, a mere 90 years old, but who suddenly found herself pregnant after decades of infertility. Hear these words from Genesis 18, 1-15, and 21, 1-5. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three seas of the finest flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant, who hurried to prepare it. Then he brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared, and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where's your wife Sarah? they asked him. They're in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she lied and said, I did not laugh, but he said, yes, you did laugh. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Will you pray with me? God, open our ears and our hearts and our minds now to hear your Holy Spirit speaking to us, unraveling our pain and brokenness and bringing us into your joy and light. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your eyes, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. As we've been finding in our series of biblical people whose lives were unraveling, It's important to put these snapshot moments from their lives into a bigger context. Sarah's backstory is especially important to understanding this incredible moment in her life. Sarah and her husband Abraham were from the city of Ur. Archaeologists believe they may even have been one of the city's leading families. But one day, completely out of the blue, God came to Abraham and asked him to leave everything he knew behind and step out in faith. I wonder how Sarah reacted when Abraham shared this news with her. Was she excited, ready to try something new? Was she afraid, not as sure of the plan as Abraham? Was she angry, frustrated that she was being forced to leave her family and friends? I suspect she was probably all of the emotions as they set out on this adventure. When God asked Abraham to leave Ur, God made some promises. Abraham and Sarah would have many descendants, and they would become a great nation. Their descendants would inherit the land of Canaan, a land flowing with milk and honey. In other words, they would get to live in a land full of the best things in life. Thirdly, Abraham and Sarah's descendants would bless the whole world. While we're not sure exactly how old Abraham and Sarah were when God made these promises, we do know one thing. They did not have kids at this point. I cannot stress enough the importance of having children in the ancient Near Eastern world. Today, infertility is still excruciatingly painful for someone who wants a child, but for Abraham, and especially Sarah, since infertility was almost always blamed on the woman, their lack of children was considered a curse. What was wrong with them, and really people meant Sarah, that they couldn't conceive? What had they, and really people meant Sarah, done wrong for God to punish them with infertility? Imagine for a second that you're Sarah, and for decades, the one thing you know you need to do is provide children for your husband, yet you cannot. Imagine for a moment that the one thing your heart wants most, not just for your husband, but yourself, is to hold your baby in your arms. Imagine knowing God has made promises to your family, yet for years they don't come true, and you're the one people blame. Sarah's heart must have broken so many times as she held her breath month after month, only to be disappointed again and again. Over the decades of trying without conceiving, Sarah started to protect her heart from the pain. She started to put up walls to shield herself from the disappointment. She used pragmatism, then pessimism, as a coping mechanism. She didn't mean for bitterness or hopelessness to creep in, but it did. She felt so much pressure and had virtually no control over the outcome. Perhaps Sarah saw how much it pained her husband, unraveled his faith, as month after month, year after year, decade after decade, this baby God promise didn't arrive. Maybe Abraham's pain is what prompted her to suggest Hagar, her servant, bear his child. But even though she proposed the plan, even though she tried to be on board with Hagar's son Ishmael being Abraham's heir, Sarah couldn't do it. She couldn't bear the pain of living day after day with this baby who wasn't hers. She couldn't bear to have visible proof of how God had not kept his promises in front of her all the time. Thirteen years after Ishmael's birth, can you imagine how much Sarah must have hurt in those 13 years? How much further her faith in God unraveled during that time? God again came to Abraham. As for your wife, God said, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. It appears that Sarah didn't overhear this conversation, but if she did, I wonder if she would have begged God to just leave her alone. Stop making promises that will not, cannot now that she's so old come true. Upon hearing God make this announcement, Abraham fell face down on the ground and started to laugh his head off. While Abraham was acting like a... What's the word we should use? We'll go with dummy. He reminded God that his wife was 90 years old. God insisted, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. Isaac, by the way, means he laughs. God can be deliciously passive-aggressive at times. A bit later, Abraham was sitting in the shade of some trees in the middle of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. Hospitality was incredibly important in the semi-arid climate in which Abraham lived. Immediately, Abraham got busy ensuring his guests were not just comfortable, but lavished with every little thing they could need. He prepared a massive feast of the best foods and got his whole household hopping to make these visitors feel welcome. Abraham not just met the hospitality standards of the day, but far exceeded them. There's a sense that he knew there was something special about these guests. Shortly after arriving, the guests asked a weird question. Where's your wife, Sarah? It's weird because ancient Near Eastern men didn't typically care about the wife of some guy they had just met. And it's even more interesting because these strangers know Sarah's name already. Perhaps they overheard Abraham say it but that's not what the text implies. Abraham tells the visitors Sarah is in the tent, and one of them responds with even more astonishing news. I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. The narrator doesn't tell what, us what Abraham thought about that, but we learn what Sarah thought. She laughed to herself. I don't think her laugh was joyous. I think it was unconvinced maybe even a little bitter. Sarah is postmenopausal, and her husband is old. The author of the book of Hebrews says Abraham at this point was so old he was as good as dead. There was no way Sarah was having a baby now. She had put all that behind her. Either Abraham had misunderstood God's promises or God's promises had failed. End of story. Suddenly the masks come off and the stranger who had been talking to Abraham is revealed to be the Lord God, who said, why did Sarah laugh just now? Remember, the text says she laughed herself, so it's not like the Lord God heard her snort. But God knows the thoughts of Sarah's heart, knows her pain, knows her disappointment, knows the reality that she is too old to have babies. God knows Sarah intimately is anything too hard for me, God asked. Sarah might be justified in her disbelief. She might be right that the facts of the matter make God's promises impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible. When life is hard for decades, when the deepest desires of our heart are unfulfilled year after year, it can be hard to keep hoping. It makes sense that we begin to steal our hearts against the pain. It's only natural that disappointment, perhaps even bitterness, become our heart's song. Sometimes those of us who are struggling with pain, particularly decades-old pain, blame ourselves for our struggles. Certainly, Sarah seems to blame herself for her infertility and her husband seems to do the same. But sometimes it's not our fault. Sometimes the pain is not our making. Sometimes the pain is not a curse. Sometimes we have to wait on God, who promises to make all things beautiful in his time. When God does begin to unravel our pain, disappointment, heartbreak, sometimes we keep stealing our hearts against it. We've lived in the place of having our heart's deepest desires go unfulfilled for so long that we feel like we can't risk letting go of the coping mechanisms we've put in place to defend ourselves against the worst of the pain. Sarah certainly did that. Even after God asked, is anything too hard for me? Sarah continued to have doubts and put up defenses against the good news. But God works in our lives, even when we are having a hard time unraveling the coping mechanisms that got us through the years of pain and disappointment. And that's really what this story is about. It's not really about Sarah having a baby at 90 years young. It's about God's character and God's heart. It's about how God keeps his promises. It's about how God turns darkness into light. It's about how God changes mourning into dancing. It's about how God moves us from weeping to joy It's about how we can keep trusting God even if decade after decade hope gets smashed because God is always at work in our lives, bringing beauty from the ashes. A year later, Sarah's bitter laughter in the tent turned to joyful laughter as she held her baby, the laughing one, in her arms for the first time. It all happened, the author of Genesis tells us. At the very time God had promised. I don't know what the unfulfilled deepest desires of your heart are. I don't know what pain you have been waiting for God to heal. I don't know how much longer you will have to wait. But I do know how hard it is to keep waiting. I do know how hard it is to not grow pessimistic. I do know how hard it is to have faith that God will unravel even the unspeakable faith in time. I believe with everything in me that God will unravel your mourning into dancing. I believe God will unravel your weeping into joy. I believe God will unravel your darkness into light. And I will stand here as a witness to your pain and as a witness to the goodness of God's character as often as you need and for as long as it takes for God to fulfill his promises. I will encourage you not to lose heart. I will encourage you not to grow pessimistic and bitter. I will encourage you to hope even when hope seems hopeless. And when, in God's good and perfect timing, your disappointment and pain begins to unravel, I will encourage you to let go and let the laughter bubble up in you until it overflows. My dear ones, thank you for listening today. May God fill the rest of your day with hope and peace and love and especially joy. Amen.